Hello and welcome to the Beach House 34 True Crime and Paranormal Podcast. And welcome to all of our new subscribers. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the reading of the Darley Routier trial testimony. Now we are on day six of the trial, which occurred on January 14th, 1997. On this day, there is one witness, Officer David Main. He is the crime scene photographer and manager of the evidence section for the Rowlett, Texas Police Department. Since his testimony is the entire day and runs 170 pages, this has been broken up into parts. Now, today's episode is part three. The first two parts of his testimony are episodes numbers 65 and 66. Now, this episode that we're going to start on today will begin with the cross-examination by Mr. Richard Mosty, part of Darley's defense team. Before we hear from him, however, let's recap what we learned in the last episode. In the last episode, we heard a lot about the evidence that Officer Main uh, located and photographs that he had taken. We learned about the bloodstained sock, at least the evidence that, that had been found outside in the alley and what he had taken a picture of. We found out about the pair of tennis shoes by the front door, which had traces of blood on them and which appeared to be owned by Darren, Darley's husband. They talked about the vacuum cleaner in the kitchen and how it was positioned, as well as the cut of the window screen in the garage and the fact that he went and took a comforter off one of the kids beds which appeared to have bloodstains on it now a lot of testimony was given to the documents also that were found inside the routier home inside the family room these documents included insurance policies a marriage license social security cards birth certificates and detailed plans for the disposition of property and custody of the children in the case of the parents' death. Towards the end of the last episode, which would be episode 66, an interesting moment, to say the least, occurs when Officer Main mentions the discovery of marijuana at the scene. Now, this statement led to a significant objection from the defense. It resulted in a debate about the admissibility and the impact of this evidence. The defense expressed concern, um, and rightly so, about the prejudicial effect of this statement on the jury, and then goes ahead and requests a mistrial, which the judge just denies. So when the jury does return to the room after this statement by Officer Main, the judge then instructs the jury to disregard the last comment about marijuana. So it's at this point that the questioning is then turned over to Darley's defense team. And that's where we begin today. And again, we begin um, with the cross-examination of Officer David Main by Mr. Richard Mosty, who is part of Darley's defense team. And the questioning begins with, Mr. Main, have you prepared any reports? Yes, sir. How many? Approximately two. Approximately two? Two. Is it two or is it approximately two? It's two. You're sure? Yes, sir. Okay. Did you take any notes? Yes, sir. Did you keep them? Yes, sir. Where are they? They're at my office. Your office in Rowlett? Yes, sir. When is the last time you looked at them? The notes? Yes, sir. That would be when I was there. Okay. Before the trial? Before the trial? Yes, sir. Okay. How many pages of notes? One. One page of notes. How long are these approximately two reports? Two pages. Each? No, sir. One page each? Two pages on one and a paragraph on the other. When are they dated? The June 6th and June 14th. When is the last time you looked at those? During the trial. Okay. Why didn't you bring your notes? Because I have studied them and I have looked over my reports. 
Well, do you think maybe that there might be something in the notes that I saw that was interesting that you chose not to see? No, sir. Didn't think so? No, sir. Okay. At this point, Mr. Richard Mosty says, Your Honor, uh, may we have Officer Maine's reports, please? Um, Mr. Greg Davis then says, of course, he's part of the prosecution. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I was under the impression that the reports had been given. I have located one of them now. The court then says, well, give them to the defense. They will have time to review them. Mr. Greg Davis says, yes, sir. I have found the two-page narrative, and I'll tender that at this time to Mr. Mosty. And I will continue to look for the additional page that was produced by Officer Maine. The court then asks, do you need some time? Mr. Greg Davis says, this is the crime scene report dated June 6th. Mr. Richard Mosty says, thank you. The court says, all right, take your time, gentlemen. Mr. Mosty then says, do you want to move on? And we'll take another, the court then responds with, well, whatever you prefer to do. Mr. Mosty says, well, it's a little hard for me to say and not knowing what's in this report. The court then says, all right, well, we can bring, do you want to, we can just bring another witness in. Do you want to go on to another witness and you can recall this gentleman? Mr. Mosty says, no, I would rather go along. They will find it before I let him go. Mr. Davis says, I'm probably more than halfway through and I'm going to look through every page here as quickly as I can, but I've got another witness available. Mr. Mosty says, well, I would rather hop in. The court then says, all right. Mr. Davis says, all right. And Mr. Richard Mosty then begins uh, again his questioning. Mr. Maine, did you just tell me that you have seen it since the trial? Yes, sir. Is that the second report or the first report that is missing? Excuse me? Is that the second report or the first report? The court then says, I think Mr. Davis has found the balance. Mr. Greg Davis says, let me just, if I could take the witness on voir dire for just a moment, the court then says, yes, sir. And so then Mr. Greg Davis gets up and begins the voir dire examination and asks Officer Maine. He says, Officer Maine, do you see this crime scene report dated June 14th? And he responds, yes, sir. Is that the other report that you're talking about? Yes, sir. Mr. Greg Davis then says, I'm tendering that report to Mr. Mosty. At which point the cross-examination by Richard Mosty is continued and resumed. He begins by asking, okay, Mr. Maine, I have looked at a two-page report dated 6696. That's the date that's shown up on the left, I guess. And that's a two-page report? Yes, sir. And one dated 6-14-96. And that's a one-page report. Let me tender these to you and ask you, is that the sum total of your report? Yes, sir. Who typed those up? I did. And the notes are about a page. Did you tell me? Yes, sir. And they're still up in Rowlett? Yes, sir. Other than the notes and these three pages of reports... Have you created any other document, handwritten, typed written, in any manner? Evidence tags. Evidence tags? Yes, sir. Okay. And is that just for the evidence that you seized or for other evidence? What I seized. So you filled out your tag for evidence? Yes, sir. Now, I guess I take it it's not your habit to sign your reports. That's correct. How is this done? On a computer? Yes, sir. If I went up to Rowlett, when is the last time you looked at it on the computer? On the computer? Yes, sir. It was probably sometime in December. Okay. And when was this hard copy produced? I'm not for sure when that hard copy was produced. Is that computer stuff? Is it all kept under this file, for instance? Is every report on this case in one computer file? Under... Yes, sir, under my file. Well, what about the others of Ward and some of those others? They have it under their files. Okay, can you get access to those? No, sir. If someone, if you went in and wanted to make some corrections in this narrative, you would just call it up on the screen. I could. And you could change it. Yes, sir. And there would be no, since it's not dated and signed, 
this hard copy, there would be no way for anybody to know whether a report had been changed, would there? Except the person who changed it. If I changed it, yes, sir. Well, or if somebody else changed their own report, so long as these aren't dated and signed, there's no way for someone to independently verify that this computer report has not been changed, is there? Not to my knowledge. Is this the way you've been writing reports for your full 10 years there at Rowlett? Yes, sir. Is this the way everybody does it? I'm not for sure how other people do it. There's no requirement that you read and sign your reports? No, sir. I just have it printed. Okay, where does it go from there? It goes into my file, and then a report is generated for records. Do you make a habit of, after you have typed up one of these narrative reports, of sitting down and then handwriting out that report? No, sir. Do you see, is there any reason to do that? No, sir. Okay. You've been an officer there 10 years now. Is that right? That's correct. And did I understand that obviously you've gone to the basic school, but you have gone to some schools for specifically relating to evidence and collection and preservation? Yes, sir. Okay. What are those schools? It's just different crime scene schools. It's intermediate crime scene school. I think advanced crime scene school. Like put on by the Department of Public Safety? Different agencies. And how long have you been trained in evidence selection and retention? Approximately eight years. Okay. But even your basic training covers that, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. And how long have you been... Are you in charge? Were you in charge of this crime scene? No, sir. Who was in charge of it? As far as I know, Sergeant Neighbors, which is my sergeant. Is he your immediate supervisor? In crime scene? Yes, sir. Okay. Is he the highest ranking crime scene officer in Rowlett PD? Yes, sir. And then he works directly under the detectives, I take it. Well... Or alongside is maybe a better way of saying it. Yes, sir. And you've been trained in blood sampling. Yes, sir. You have been trained. You sounded like you had some training in blood spatter. Yes, sir. You've been trained in photography of crime scenes. Yes, sir. And did you tell me that you had taken blood samples in some 50 cases? Yes, sir. Over your 10 years at Rowlett. Yes, sir. About five a year on average? Yes, sir. How many of those were homicides? Death investigations, probably 45. By death, you're saying suicide or homicide or unknown. Yes, sir. How many of them involve multiple bleeding parties? Three. How many of them involve multiple bleeding parties who had been moving around the crime scene? Two. How many of them involve multiple bleeding parties who had been moving around a crime scene and the paramedics had come in and intervened on some of the persons. Two. One being this one? That's correct. And the other one? Yes, sir. And how long ago was the other one? Approximately five years ago. Okay, so in your two years, you've had two occasions that are at least... You've had two experiences of multiple bleeding parties in a crime scene where there's movement and paramedics and all those kinds of things. Yes, sir. All right. Now, were you called out there? Well, what were you called out to do initially? And I know you got sidetracked, didn't you? I was called out to help with the crime scene. Okay. And nothing more specific than that at the time? At that time, no, sir. Did you go pick up your camera? Yes, sir. And what other supplies? Paper sacks, trace evidence kit, that area. All of these Albertson sacks that you've we've got here? Yes, sir. They might not all be Albertsons, but they look like they're all Albertsons. You went by and picked those up? Yes, sir. Okay. But then on the way, something happened. What happened? We were dispatched to fire station number two to pick up some clothing. All right. One of the victims and the defendant. Quote, we... Who is we? Myself and Sergeant David Neighbors. All right. And who did you meet there? I met a paramedic last name Zimmerman. Did you know him? Yes, sir. 
Were you informed that that's who you ought to look for? No, sir. How did you happen to make contact with Zimmerman? We went to the fire station, and he was the one who handed me the sacks with the clothing. Okay. And this was at the fire station? Yes, sir. Was Where was Zimmerman? Inside the fire station. Where was the shirt? It was in a sack inside the fire station. What kind of sack? Just a brown paper sack. He gave you one sack? He gave me two. He gave you two sacks? Yes, sir. Did you look at them? Yes, sir. What did you do with them? I basically took over the evidence and secured it. Okay, well, you're going to have to explain to me what that means. Well, I mean, I didn't do anything to the evidence within the sacks. I put it in the car, basically. You opened the sack up? Mm-hmm. Did you look inside? Yes, sir. What did you see? I saw the blue jeans. Okay, you saw blue jeans? Yes, sir. Okay, and the underwear of the child. Okay. And a t-shirt in the other one. Okay. So one sack has the blue jeans and the underwear in it. How do you know there wasn't anything else? I'm sorry. How do you know there wasn't anything else in there? I just viewed the top of the sack inside the sack. You didn't reach in? No, sir. And pick up and verify what was in there? I could see plainly inside the sack that it was a pair of pants and underwear. Were they folded? No, sir. Crumpled? Well, just laying inside. Okay, were they laying together? The underwear was on top of the pants. Okay, they were touching each other? Yes, sir. Did you happen to observe blood on it? Yes, sir. Was it wet blood? I'm sorry. Was it wet blood? I'm not sure if it was wet. It could have been wet. You don't recall? I don't recall. Okay. I'm not sure what sack that was, but those were in such a position. I think it's... Did you mark the sack? Yes, sir. Show me where your mark is on there. Okay. Damon, that's your mark? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hang on. Excuse me. Okay. I've got the tape marked here when I taped it. Okay. That says DRM. Yes, sir. Okay. And when did you tape it up? I had multiple tapings on it. Well, I can tell you, you didn't tape it until the 12th, did you? Or is that 9-12? Yes, there were several, like I said, there were several tapings, but at the scene, I did not tape it. No. Okay. Did you mark it when you received it at the scene? No, sir. Well, that's contrary to proper policy, isn't it? No, sir. It isn't good police work to note their DRM 6696? That's not good police work? Yes, sir. That would be good police work? Yes, sir. And it's not good police work not to note that, is it? No, sir. Okay. And these two bloody items were crumpled together in this sack, touching each other, weren't they? Yes, sir. And that's not good police work, is it? No, sir. To have two items in a bag like this? That's correct. Okay. Why do you mark things like that with your date and your initials? What's the purpose of that? For my, for noting the bag and on the evidence that you collected it, and there was an evidence tag that I did attach to it that had my marks on it. Okay, but for the reason, the reason for doing the sacks is to say, quote, I got this and to verify what it is and when it was received and how it was received and who it was received from. That's the reason you put your initials on there on the 6th, isn't it? Or should have? Well, yes, sir. It went on the evidence tag. Okay, but you've already admitted that you didn't you should have put it on the bag, shouldn't you? I could have. Well, you should have, shouldn't you? Well, not then. Okay. I mean, I did not. Well, okay. And what's the reason that you only put one thing in a bag? Well, I didn't put it in the bag. Okay. You told me that the proper procedure to separate the clothing. Okay. And that's so that one doesn't get blood on another? Yes, sir. Now, did you look in the shirt bag? 
Yes, sir. Where is the shirt bag? I'm not for sure. Okay, you don't have it? No, sir. Have you ever seen it? The shirt bag? Yeah? Yes. When? When I placed it into evidence. Okay. Did you mark your initials on it that night? Yes, sir. I think I did on that one. You think you did? Yes, sir. Mr. Mosty then says, Your Honor, I would like to see that bag. The court then said, Is it? Mr. Mosty then says, I assume it was in the... The court says, Well, whatever is there, where would it be, Mr. Davis? Would you know? Mr. Davis says, I believe it's in evidence along with the T-shirt. The court then says, Okay, see whatever you have there. Take your time and look for it. Mr. Greg Davis says, Are you talking about the defendant's T-shirt? Mr. Mosty says, Yeah, the bag it was in. Mr. Davis says, That's 25. Mr. Mosty then continues his questioning and says to Officer Mayen, Let me show you this bag, which I think I've been told is Exhibit 25, States Exhibit 25, and the contents. Tell me, look at the outside of the bag and tell me, did you or did you not identify it on the 6th? Yes, sir. Okay, the bag, the bag, the t-shirt. That looks like the bag that I put it in. Well, that it was in. Okay, where are your initials on this bag? I must have been mistaken. It was on the evidence tag. Okay, so you're now telling me that you did not identify this bag on this 6th. Well, it appears to be the same bag. It appears to be the same bag. Yes, sir. Okay, in appearance... And again, why would it be important whether or not it's the same bag? Is that important? And please, let me just make it in a general term. Why would a bag that something comes in be important? To identify it. Okay, well, were these other papers in here when you got it? No, sir, just a shirt. Just a shirt. And what was the condition of the shirt when you got it? It was just in the bag. Just in the bag. Yes, sir. Folded? No, sir. Did Zimmerman tell you that he had cut that shirt off Miss Routier? No, sir. Did, do you know where it came from? He told me that it was Darley's t-shirt. Okay. But you don't know when Zimmerman got it. No, sir. It was that morning. You don't know where he got it. Off the defendant. Well, but you don't know that, do you? Well, he told me. But of your personal knowledge, you don't know, do you? No, sir. Okay. And you don't know what happened to it between the time that Zimmerman picked it up and when he handed it to you, do you? No, sir. How long a period of time was that? I'm not for sure when he retrieved it. But I got the bag as soon as I walked into the fire station. And that was at what time? That was approximately 4.05 a.m. Okay. And was it just wadded up and thrown in this bag? I mean, it was just in the bag. It wasn't folded. It was not folded? No, sir. Okay. And did you inspect it? Visually, in the sack? Yes. Okay. And you could tell it was bloody? Yes, sir. And I don't guess you could tell much about the blood. No, sir. As you were sitting there? No, sir. Now, what was the condition of the sack? It was just folded at the top when I got it. Okay. Let me show you what's inside this sack. And I don't guess you... Have you ever seen what's inside that sack? Right now? Yes, sir. Is this the first time you've ever seen it? Well, I mean, the shirt was in the sack when I retrieved it. No, I don't know what was in the bottom. There appears to be other bloodstains in this sack, doesn't it? Yes, sir. And I guess those bloodstains would have been in contact with the shirt. Yes, sir. Was the shirt moist when you saw it? I don't recall. You do not recall if the blood was wet or dry? It could have been wet. Do you remember if there was blood dripping in the bag when you saw it? And no, sir, there was no blood dripping in the bag or on the bottom of the bag. There was, there wasn't anything dripping out of the bottom? No, sir. Okay, but there was blood on the bottom of the bag, as you have seen now. 
Yes, sir. Was blood on, well, you told me you didn't see any blood on the bag. So you don't know whether it was wet or dry? Yes, sir. Okay. So you got those two pieces of evidence from Zimmerman and you didn't identify them. And what did you do with them? I put them in my vehicle. You didn't place any marks or staple anything to either of the piece of clothing so that you could identify it, did you? I placed the evidence tags, stapled it to the bag. To the bag, yes, sir. And that, but that's later on, right? That's when I got to the residence of the house. Oh, you started the evidence tags that night, sir? You started an evidence tag that night? That morning. Okay. Then you got to the residence. Am I right? Yes, sir. And where did you place the bags when you were on the way to the scene? In the back of the car. In the back seat? Yes, sir. Trunk? Back seat? Yes, sir. Okay. And when you got to the residence, what did you do? I met with Sergeant Neighbors and Sergeant Walling. Okay. And they were in the yard? Yes, sir. Or beside the house. Okay, let's see now. Neighbors rode with you. That's correct. So the two of y'all visited with Sergeant Walling there at the scene a little bit. Yes, sir. Did he brief you on in general? Yes, sir. What he had seen? Yes, sir. Where did you park your car? In the front of the residence. Directly? There's, it was over towards the north-northeast. Did you lock it? Yes, sir. That was a marked car? Yes, sir. It doesn't have any lights on it, but it is marked. Is it black and white or it's white with blue lettering, but no overhead lights? That's correct. Now then, what was the first thing you did after visiting with neighbors and walling? I was advised that a white tube sock was located in the alleyway approximately two houses down from the Routier house. Okay. So that was virtually immediately. Approximately five minutes later, 10 minutes later, Walling didn't brief you on that part? No, sir. Y'all learned that, I guess, after the briefing? Yes, sir. And you had your camera with you? Not then, sir. Did not have your camera with you? That's correct. After you were advised that there was a sock, what did you do? I retrieved my camera and went down to the location where the sock was. From your car? Yes, sir. What kind of camera is that? It's a Minolta 35 millimeter. And I guess you had a supply of film with you? Yes, sir. Okay. And where did you go? I walked down the alleyway and to where the white tube sock was. Accompanied by whom? Officer Beddingfield. Had Beddingfield been the one who advised you of the tube sock? Yes, sir. Did anyone else go down there? Sergeant Ward and Officer Ferry was down there. They were already down there? I believe so, yes. Were they standing guard over the sock? Yes, sir. And you took the photographs, and I think we've identified those. Yes, sir. How many photographs did you take? Approximately seven. Approximately seven? Yes, sir. Okay. Are those the first photographs that you took? Yes, sir. Then what did you do? I collected the sock. You picked it up? Yes, sir. How did you do that? With rubber gloves, I picked up the sock and placed it in a paper sack. Okay. And where is that sock? Where is that bag? Do you, have you seen it? Well, wait a minute. This might be easier, Mr. Maine. I'm not too sure about which is which, but let me hand you a sack and let me, you tell me, is that the bag that you put the sock in? No, sir. How do you know? Because this is the sack where the knife was in. All right. Does it say knife on it or something? I got the sock, but I haven't got the bag. All right, here we go. Let me hand you a bag now. It quote unquote got sock from Allie written on it. Okay. Does that have your initials on it? And no, sir, not on the 6th. Okay, and it wasn't taped up on the 6th, was it? It was stapled and with evidence tag attached to it. But again, you went to the trouble to put on gloves that is to make sure the evidence is secure, isn't it? Well, that I don't contaminate the sock. 
And that's part of the reason that you put your initials on there, isn't it? Just to show that the evidence is secure and that it hasn't been tampered with. With an evidence tag, yes. Well, but you should have put that on the sock, on the bag, shouldn't you? Well, the tag was attached to the bag. When? On the 6th? Well, at that time? Well, it was when I got back to the car. You went right back to the car and did the tag. Yes, sir. Okay, so this would be the third tag you did. Yes, sir. First one is which one? Excuse me? First one is which one? It would be Damon. Okay, that would be the shirt or the jeans? Yes, sir, the jeans. Okay, and the second tag is the defendant's t-shirt. A t-shirt. And the third tag is the sock? Yes, sir. Okay. Had you already done Damon and the shirt tags? Had you already done those before you even went down the alley? Yes, sir. Okay. So you did those right as soon as you got there? Yes, sir. Before or after you visited with Walling and neighbors? Before. Okay. So you picked those up. You picked the sock up and you go right back down and you enter that in your evidence log. Do you call it an evidence log? What do you call it? I placed the sock in the car along with the other two sacks. Okay. And you made an evidence tag, did you call it? Yes, sir. And that would be number three. I mean, that's the third tag, all right, that I filled out. How did you fill out those tags? Did you put numbers on them? I put the service number. What does that mean? The service number that we identified the case with at our police department. Okay, so that's 96 something or other. 18563, I believe. Okay, you put the service number on on it. Uh, what else did you put on it? I put Routier, meaning the name at the top, and then I put the address, my name, and the date, and then the listing of what the evidence is. All right, you made that collection. Then what did you do? I started photographing the exterior of the house. Before you went in it? Yes, sir. Okay, how many pictures did you take of the exterior? I'm not for sure, sir. All right, so you visited with Walling. You went down and got the sock. You photographed the house. What's the next thing you did at the residence? We waited for James Cron to come to the location. All right. How long a wait was that? That was approximately 6 o'clock a.m. when he arrived. Okay. Let me go back for just a second to these evidence tags, so I'll be clear on that. Is this a book you've got? No, sir. What is that? It's just an individual evidence tag. Okay. And you fill it out, and what do you do with it? I attach it to the sack. Staple it? Yes, sir. Well, when are those removed? They stay on them with the evidence. Well, we know that's not true, don't we? Don't we? Well, yes, sir. It's not with it now. Pardon? It's not with it now. Okay, so these tags that have been stapled to the evidence are now gone? Yes, sir, they are. Who did that? I'm not for sure. And that's not proper police work, is it? I mean, we still have the evidence, but not the tag. Well, maybe we do still have the evidence. Maybe it's the same and maybe it isn't. Isn't that right? It is the same evidence. Well, same evidence. Okay. Well, then why is it you go to all this trouble to staple these tags to these bags? So there will be a record of that piece of evidence. So it's secure? Yes, sir. So it's not tampered with? That's correct. So it stays in the same condition as before? Yes, sir. So that someone can identify it and say, this is how it was when I saw it. And the next one can say, this is how it was when I saw it. Yes, sir. Those are the things you do. Yes, sir. But we didn't in this case, did we? I personally did. Yes. You did your part. Yes, sir. You stapled it on there, but somebody has torn those tickets off of these three items that we've talked about so far. Yes, sir. Do you know who did that? No, sir. Okay, so you photograph the scene. Cron arrives, and who goes in? Myself and Sergeant Walling and a neighbor, Karen Neal, entered into the house. Okay, 
And you described that as a couple of minutes? Yes, sir. Then who goes in the second time? When Karen Neal exits, James Cron and Sergeant Neighbors entered into the house. Was that right away? I mean, as soon as she walked out? Yes, sir. Or, now who went back in? Sergeant Neighbors and James Cron. And yourself? And myself and Sergeant Walling was inside the house. Walling was already inside the house? Yes. Where was he? He was down in the entryway. He was in the entryway? Mm-hmm. Within your sight? Yes, sir. Okay. You exited the residence, though. No, sir. You never exited it after Karen Neal left? That's correct. At that point, then, Cron, Neighbors, and Walling and Maine entered the house? We were in the house. Yes, sir. Okay, well, that was the four people who did the walkthrough? That's correct. And I don't mean to pick with you, but you and Walling remained in the house and the other two came in. Y'all stayed in that little entry hall and then y'all walked through? Yes, sir. How did you walk through? We walked through the hallway. Straight ahead? Yes, sir. Then what did you do? We looked into the family room. Okay, did you just glance that way or did you walk into that room? We walked in that room. What path did you walk? We walked, as you come out of the hallway, we walked inside, take a left inside where the body was and walked back out. That's the path that we took. Okay, you walked in over the area where the body had been removed. We walked around the body. Yes, sir. You mean you walked around the blood? Yes, sir. Okay. Four of y'all went in there. Single file. Yes, sir. Single file. Okay. Who was in front? My recall, it was Sergeant Walling. Okay. Next. I don't recall which order it was in. Okay. Y'all walked in a single file, one behind the other. Yes, sir. And then what did you do? We stepped over the blood. Right. Okay. All four of you? Yes, sir. Okay. And we looked at the scene. Okay, then what did you do? Did you go back out single file the opposite way? Yes, sir. So whoever was last was first out in single file? Yes, sir. Okay, then where did you go? We went into the kitchen area. And you knew, and everybody there, knew to be careful not to step in blood. That's correct. You went to the kitchen area? Yes, sir. Did you walk straight until you saw the kitchen? As you were walking in the kitchen, you walked straight ahead? Yes, sir. And how far did the four of you walk in? Walked in all the way into the kitchen area to the utility room. Okay. And again, do you remember who was in front and who was no, sir? Or what the order was? No, sir. I don't recall. Now, when you walked down the hall and turned, actually, when you turned into the living room, did you look in the kitchen? I glanced. Yes, sir. Okay. And had you seen that plastic runner? Yes, sir. And had you seen the green rug? Yes, sir. And had you seen the vacuum cleaner? Yes, sir. Okay. So as you were walking in, actually, and had y'all already decided to do that, that y'all were going to go in that room first? No, sir. Okay. Was Walling leading, sort of saying, look in here? Yes, sir. I mean, he took the lead. Okay, so Walling was actually directing your attention into the living room. Yes, sir. But you had noticed, just as you walked by and glanced, the runner and the green rug and the vacuum cleaner already? Yes, sir. So then, of course, when you went back in the kitchen, you saw the vacuum cleaner again, didn't you? Yes, sir. You couldn't miss it, could you? No, sir. It was obvious to anybody who walked in there. Yes, sir. Now, I'm going to apologize because I got my notes here. Sometimes they're not in order, and I'm going to skip a little bit of a time frame. So if I'm missing, if you and I get confused on the time, stop me. Let's make sure. Okay. I'm going to move back to the sock for a minute. Okay. Which is the first thing you did after your briefing? Yes, sir. Okay. Did you do any testing on that sock? Yes, sir. Okay. Where did you do it? I did it in the house. Okay. After you collected it? Yes, sir. Where in the house? 
It would be over, there was a dining room area in the kitchen area. When did you do that? It was approximately 9.30 a.m. Okay, now tell me, what all is required for a presumptive blood test? It's just some distilled water, and there's a, what I call a D-stick type, and you just put a little distilled water on it and kind of put it on the stain itself, and it will turn a certain color. Is that D-stick, is it, what is it made of? I'm not sure, sir. I'm not qualified to answer that. Is it paper type? Yes, it's just a small stick, flat stick, like you buy a package of them. Yes, sir. And like any number of things, you can dip it in a glass, different things, and there will be reaction, a change of color. Different items, yes. So this one indicates, at least presumably, that blood may be present. That's correct. And you carry those. You carry the distilled water with you in your car. We had to go buy some, yes. And who had the sticks? We gathered those, if I'm not mistaken, from the hospital. Okay, and this test takes, what, less than 20 or 30 seconds? Seconds. Seconds? Yes, sir. Okay, and that's mid-morning that you had done that. Yes, sir. Now, while you're out there, did anybody ever suggest to you that there had been some knives found? Yes, sir. Okay. Inside the residence? Outside the residence. No, sir. You never heard that. No, sir. Okay, well, if knives were found, you could have gone down there with your little presumptive blood test and tested those, those knives right on the scene, couldn't you? No, sir. You couldn't have? I mean, I wasn't aware of the knives. Okay, well, bear with me here a little bit. If there were knives found across from the sock, can you recognize States Exhibit Number 7 as an aerial of the Eagle Drive area? Yes, sir. Okay. And this is Eagle on the end, 5801 Eagle? Yes, sir. Okay. How many houses down was this sock found? Approximately two. Approximately two. Fourth house down from the end at 5709 Eagle Drive. Okay. And you do not know whether or not there was a that there were knives found on the house on Willowbrook? No, sir. Just directly opposite from where the sock was? No, sir, I was not. If there were knives down there, could you have gone down there and in less than a minute, walk down there, or once you got there within less than a minute, sit down and do a presumptive blood test on the knives that were across that alley? If I was advised so, yes. Okay, that would have been easy to do, wouldn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, while we're still here at the beginning phases, let me show you what you've already identified as your three-page report. I want to direct your attention to the first paragraph of it. Yes, sir. Your report indicates that the second thing you did was photograph the house, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. And then after that, you did the tube sock? Yes, sir. So one of Either your report is wrong or your testimony is wrong. Is that fair to say? Yes, sir. Okay, now going on down at approximately, oh, 600 hours, do you see that sentence? Yes, sir. You described who entered the residence? Yes, sir. Okay, that's wrong, isn't it? Yes, sir. I have another officer in there that was not at the scene. Okay, you mistakenly identified who went in the house with you, didn't you? Yes, sir. And this was on the 6th? Yes, sir. And you were just flat wrong when you said who went in the house in your report that you wrote on the 6th? On this one? Yes, sir. Okay. Is your testimony correct? Yes, sir. And the report is wrong? Yes, sir. Which was done at that time? Yes, sir. Or was it done at that time? I'm sorry? When was it done? It was done on the 6th. On the 6th, did you write a supplement to correct any of these errors? No, sir. Did you even know about these errors? No, sir. Okay. I mean, I found out later. Okay. But not at that time. Okay. All right. So you did now, back to the walkthrough, you've gone in the living room, then you've gone in the kitchen. And then what did you do? We proceeded into the utility room, 
and then into the garage. Okay. And did you go in the garage? Yes, sir. How far? To the windows and that far. Okay. The four of you marched in again, single file. Yes, sir. All the way to the window. Not all of us at once. No, sir. How did you do that? Well, it would be impossible, wouldn't it? Yes, sir. To go in there single file to that window. Yes, sir. Okay. How did you do that? Each one of us kind of went up to it. Okay. Separately. And then you looked at it and then walked back. Yes, sir. Were you able to see what the others did up there? Yes, sir. Okay. Were you standing back by the door or something? I mean, I was standing where the cat cage was when they were there. Okay. Or animal cage. Okay. You were standing at the animal cage when somebody else was looking at the screen. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm going to show you what is States Exhibit 40. And you described this as a depiction of the garage. I can't hardly see it. I'm sorry. On the right is a depiction of the garage. Yes, sir. That area is. Okay. And the area where you entered is where? Sir, could I step down, please? Sure. The court then says, please step down. And Mr. Mosty then continues. All right. If you can hold that side there. All right. Right here. We entered into the garage from this doorway here. That exhibit, that part of 46 there, actually shows a little bit of the kitchen, a little bit of the utility room, and a little bit of the garage. That's correct. Or is it all the garage? This goes this way. Is it all the garage? Yes, sir. This is the garage here. Okay. Now, you might need to sort of do that twice. So, everybody down here, this is the garage area. This block towards the top of this picture? Yes, sir. Okay. And y'all went in single file over to that screen. We walked in here and kind of gathered right here and then kind of walked into this area right here. Okay. When you say you gathered right here, you are talking about the cat cage. Is this the item here? Yes, sir. This area right in here is where we gathered. Okay. And then you walked over to the screen one by one. Yes, sir. And what did you do when you were over at that screen? Looked for blood evidence. Okay. You can go ahead and have a seat. Okay. Did you look at the screen? Yes, sir. Did you know what the others did when they were over there? Basically the same thing. Was that just taking a couple of seconds each? Not a couple of seconds, but well, yes, sir. 15 or 30 seconds? Yes, sir. To look at that? Yes, sir. Okay. And then y'all came out again? That's correct. Through the utility room? Through the utility room. Did you see that ball cap? Yes, sir. And that ball cap was obvious? Yes, sir. Nobody could have missed it? That's correct. And you exited through the dining room? Yes, sir. All four of you? Yes, sir. Did you have your camera with you? I had it inside the foyer. It was sitting there in the foyer? Yes, sir. And then was some decision made that you would photograph the premises? Yes, sir. Were you the only person in there? When I photographed? Yes. Okay. And describe for me how you photographed it. From the entryway. I photographed towards the hallway, walking through the hallway. Okay. Into the family room. How did you enter the family room? Through the hallway. Okay. But then once you... I took a left, I kind of did an overall picture, and then went into the left towards the fireplace. Okay. And are you photographing as you go? Yes, sir. Okay. I mean, I'm stopping and photographing and then walking. Okay. You will walk and photograph ahead and photograph down. Yes. Are you just photographing anything that caught your eye? No, sir. I'm photographing an overall picture of the room itself. You're trying to get everything. Yes, sir. So you walked in and you turned what I would call immediately left. Yes, sir. In the area. Yes, sir. Where the body had been removed. Yes, sir. Okay. And you photographed that. Yes, sir. And then did you move on into toward the fireplace? Yes, sir. Okay. Then where did you go? And then after photographing the family room. Well, now wait a minute. I'm sorry. Keep me in the family room for a minute. Okay. You walked over toward the fireplace. 
And did you then photograph toward the west, toward the kitchen area from the family room, that area there? Did you photograph toward, for instance, toward the couches as you walked in? Yes, sir. And that would be toward that west wall, that, yes, sir. That's toward the backyard? Yes, sir. The blinds there are closed? Yes, sir. Okay, and then did you photograph back, pan back around toward the kitchen? Yes, sir. From, did you sort of pick a spot? Yes, sir. I mean, I had just, where I could, kind of get every space that I could. That's where I picked my spots. Okay. And then you came back toward the kitchen? Yes, sir. What kind of lens do you have on that camera? Just a standard, I call it standard 35 millimeter lens. It's not a wide angle. It's just a, not a zoom. What? Not a zoom, not a wide angle, just a, well, it is a zoom. It is a zoom? Yes. How did you have it? Did you have it zoomed back or zoomed forward or both? It's automatic, so I'm not for sure. I would pan in and it would give me the shot. It zooms automatically? Yes, sir. Okay. So you took all of these pictures. How many in that room? In that room, approximately four. Four photos? Four rolls of film. Oh, how many per roll? 24. Are you sure? It probably, it's okay. I understand. Well, I understand. But to my knowledge, I recall about four rolls. Okay. And you think there were maybe 24 per roll? Yes, sir. So we're talking 196 plus photographs. It's in that neighborhood. I'm not for sure. And do you think as you were in the living room, that you were always, that you were pretty much always at that one location as you came all the way around or did you move around some? I moved around. I mean, I would pan the area and then I would move to another spot. Okay. And I guess these are the photographs that have been admitted. Are some of your photographs? Yes, sir. Okay. And I noticed on a lot of these, they're sort of pieced together, aren't they? Yes, sir. Did you do that? No, sir. And I guess that's because these photographs didn't have everything in it that somebody wanted. That there was no single photograph that had that? Well, I'm not aware. You don't know? I don't know. Okay. And was exhibit, do you remember exhibit 150? I don't recall. Was this one of the photographs that you took? Your little camera is time dated, isn't it? Yes, sir. Is this exhibit 150? Is that one of the photographs you took? Yes, sir. As you went through the first time? Yes, sir. Now, if I'm in the living room and I'm looking toward the shutters, then that photograph is facing west towards the shutters with my back toward the street. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Okay. Officer, let me show you what's been marked as Defendant's Exhibit 19 and ask if you can identify that. Is that one of the photographs that you took as well? Yes, sir. Is it dated? Yes, sir, it is. Okay. Okay. Do 19 and states 150 depict the same lamp? The same lamp? Yes. However, in 19, the lamp is still up on the still up on the couch, isn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. And there's a pillow on the couch. That's correct. On 19, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Okay. And on 150, the lamp is now on the ground, isn't it? Yes, sir. And the pillow is now on the ground. Yes, sir. So don't you conclude from that that 19 was taken before 150? Yes, sir. So your testimony a minute ago that Exhibit 150 was how it was when you went in the room the first time is not correct, is it? No, sir. In fact, this, even though this is the on the 6th, the very same day, your photograph, someone has tampered with that crime scene, haven't they? Yes, sir. When I took that photo, that was the photo where the documents were. I located them and I took a close-up of the documents. Okay, and 150 is an altered crime scene. Well, I mean, the items were moved, yes. Okay, that's what you call an altered crime scene, isn't it? Well, yes, sir. Okay, the lamps had been moved and the pillow had been moved. 
Yes, sir. Now, at this point, you've taken about 100 pictures. Yes, sir. How are you noting these things? How are you noting the pictures? I don't have any type of log. You don't do any kind of log? No, sir. You don't do any kind of list of rolls of film? No, sir. Do you number the rolls of film? Number one, two, three, four, five? No, sir. And so the result of that is that we can't sit here today and tell which pictures were taken first, can we? Not the rolls, that's correct. Well, and you can't walk over and pick up a box of pictures and say, and here's the sequence I took those pictures in. No, sir. And you can't verify whether something has been altered or has not been altered because you don't have a sequence to your photographs, do you? I don't have a log for them. And that's what we just pointed out in 150 and 19, isn't it? Yes, sir. That you were wrong, in fact, about the sequence. Yes, sir. One of those photographs on 150, weren't you? Yes, sir. And had you had a contact sheet, do you know what a contact sheet is? Yes, sir. Y'all don't do contact sheets in Rowlett? No, sir. Well, what is a contact sheet? Well, it's just where you have the, as best of my knowledge, it's where you have the negatives laid out one beside each other. That's what I interpret it. Okay. That's to verify, I guess, what photos were taken when, right? I guess so. Yes, sir. And that's good police work, isn't it? Well, it's not part of our operation to have the log. Well, that wasn't my question. My question was, that's good police work. It wasn't what Rowlett did. My question was, that would be good police work to have a photo log, wouldn't it? Well, to me, I'm not for sure. You're not for sure? No, sir. Well, for instance, it would have saved you the embarrassment of misidentifying Exhibit 150, wouldn't it? It could have. Okay. And that is the same basic philosophy of preserving evidence, isn't it? You identify how photographs are taken. You identify how evidence was preserved. You identify when it was taken. You staple it. All those are to maintain the integrity of the crime scene, aren't they? Yes, sir. And that's because, is it not, that crime scenes get contaminated day in, day out, don't they? No, sir. That's not true. You don't agree that? What is artifact? Do you know? No, sir. You do not know the term artifact. No, sir. Are you familiar that oftentimes in police investigations, that items get moved, kicked, kicked around, knocked around? Are you familiar with that? I mean, it could happen. Okay, and in this case, it did happen. Some, didn't it? We know that from 19 and 150, don't we? Yes, sir, that was moved. Okay, in maintaining the integrity of these those photographs, for, instant, for instance, that would be to maintain and identify separate pieces of evidence and when they were either seen or where they were observed. Is that right? Yes, sir. And that's true, for instance, of these, these bloody clothing. That's why you separated them, isn't it? Yes, sir. So one doesn't contaminate the other? Yes, sir. So one doesn't soak blood onto the other? Yes, sir. So that a bag doesn't soak blood onto a shirt? Yes, sir. And those are the reasons that you do all of these procedures that are designed to accurately and fairly depict the crime scene, aren't they? Yes, sir. I mean, you've been trained to do that stuff, haven't you? Yes, sir. Time in and time out? Yes, sir. You've been to a lot of schools on it. A few. And with that, we're going to end this particular hour, hour four of Officer David Maine's testimony and going to pick right back up with uh, where he left off in the next episode, which actually will be coming out very, very soon. The thing that I kind of want to go over is some of the things that he spoke about in this episode. Just a few things to kind of put it in a nutshell. So he's called to the Routier home. But he first has to stop at the fire station to gather the clothing that Zimmerman had gathered from the hospital. And he grabs from the fire station two bags. One has Darley's shirt in it, and the other had both Damon's underwear and his jeans, which suggested cross-contamination. 
He says that he retrieved these bags at around 4.09, I believe, in the morning. And there wasn't really a great chain of custody for these items either. He took the bags and put them in his car. He said he put them in the back seat. And then he went to the Routier home and was told about the tube sock in the alleyway. So he then went to the alleyway, got the sock, put it in an evidence bag, put, went back to the car, and then labeled it. He then placed this bag with the others, the other two, so Darley's t-shirt and Damon's clothing, in the back seat of the car, and then he began to take pictures of the exterior of the house while he and other officers waited for James Cron to show up. Now, he later testifies that he did a presumptive blood test on the sock inside the house, not while he was outside, but inside the house near a dining area in the kitchen. They also, in order to perform this test, needed distilled water, which they did not have with them, and they had to go out and buy some. While he was in the alleyway, taking a look at the sock and gathering the sock for evidence, taking photos. He was never told that there were knives located directly across from where the sock was found. He did say that had he been told, he could have done a presumptive blood test on them. So I found that kind of interesting that he was never even told about uh, these knives. Now, these three items, these three bags, the Damon's clothing bag, Darley's t-shirt bag, and the sock bag were obviously there in court while he's testifying. It's learned that these three particular items, all three of these bags that were in the backseat of his car, had no tags on them identifying what was inside or to show who had looked at the evidence after it had been tagged by Officer David Main. So somewhere between the time that he has them in the back of his police car, he's tagged them, he's identified them. From that point up until the time that they're in trial, somehow these tags have disappeared off of these evidence bags. Another part of his testimony was that once everybody had arrived and they had gone through the walkthrough of the house, he talks about walking around the scene and how they walked in single file. And the first thing that came to my mind was if they wore booties or something to cover their shoes uh, when they were walking all over the house so that they weren't tracking all over the place. I haven't heard it mentioned yet, but maybe that's something coming up later. I don't know. This was just something that popped into my head as I was uh, going through this testimony. He does mention when he walks in the house that he glanced into the kitchen and saw a plastic runner, runner, sorry, a vacuum cleaner, and a green rug. Now, this green rug is going to be important in the next part of his testimony, so that's something to uh, listen for. His actual police reports that were done on the same day that he was at the residence on the 6th differ from what he has just testified to. Now, for instance, he says that he first got the sock and then photographed the outside of the house and then said that he didn't name the right people who were in the house with him uh, when they went through the walkthrough or who was still in the house during his testimony. But his report for that day, that same day, the same day, says that he first photographed the house and then went to the sock. He then testified that the testimony that he gave in court was correct and not the reports that he had written the day of the incident. He then admitted that he never went back and created a supplemental report to fix these discrepancies. He does mention when he's walking through the utility room, the black ball cap on the floor says it was very, very apparent. You couldn't have missed it. And how it kind of ended up in this particular episode. They talked about two of the photographs that were taken. The state's exhibit, number 150, and the defendant's 
exhibit number 19. Now, both of these photos show a pillow and a lamp near the couch. Officer Main said that the first photo, just like when he first walked in, he took a picture, and this is just how it was, was State's Exhibit 150. But this turned out not to be true because in State's Exhibit number 150, the lamp and the pillow are now on the ground. Whereas in Defendant's Exhibit number 19, you can clearly see the gold pillow on the couch, not on the floor. And the lampshade in Defendant's Exhibit number 19, it's still off of the top, like where it would normally be at the very top, like just a regular lampshade. But it's kind of sitting at an odd angle towards kind of on the top of the couch arm instead of on the complete floor as it is in state's exhibit number 150 and i actually have these two photos and i will have them up on beachhouse34.com underneath the episode number 67 so you can actually see what these look like so the next episode is going to be episode number 68 and that will be the remainder of this day of officer main's testimony. Now he does continue on the following day uh, because this, the ending of this day kind of gets cut off a little bit because there's still more defense questioning to go, but it ends up being like five o'clock in the afternoon. And so the judge says, hey, everybody go home. We'll resume this in the morning. So that is coming up very, very soon. It's actually already recorded. So I will have this up as soon as humanly possible. And until then, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you think that somebody you know would appreciate hearing the Darley Routier case, please share it with them. I would be so appreciative. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, we will talk very, very soon.